Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's what, what wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with my man, Captain Jack. Jack. Sir. How are you, sir? How are you? It's good to see you. I'm doing well. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like in the midst of all the moving that I have uh, been doing, all the unpacking, uh, YouTube... Mm -hmm. People will see it's a different background. Hopefully, this background is going to change. We're going to. We haven't set up the studio yet. We haven't set up the office, the study, if you will. <laughs> uh, so it's just blank wall and a chair. Like this is bare bones. This is bare bones right now. But we're coming to you live, finally, from Cedar Woolley, uh, and we are pretty much unpacked. I just have the work of mm -hmm. actually setting up a desk and getting all the electronics plugged in and stuff in the background and so much to do. So little time, but it is good. It's good to finally be recording again too. I think uh, last week we've been having this entire week has been plagued by tech issues. Uh, it's been over and over and over again. We actually, we were talking to our patrons earlier uh you know, and we finally got it figured out. So we're, we're coming to you. We're here. We're live. We're finally ready. Jack, how's your week been? Has it been good, Ben? It's, uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's just the, the thing about recruiting mm. is you get territories where there is not people. Yeah. There is not qualified people in those territories. And I'm talking about the Montana territory. Ooh, um, calling them yeah. out. It is. Uh, look at you, Montana. <laughs> dude, you literally go on Indeed and you try and look for a certain position. Yeah. That's more like like what what we need, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. at the at auto body shops. And it's just not there, dude. Really? It's just like everybody is like a retiree who lives in Montana right now. And wow. I'm like, how... How are you surviving, Montana? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you live with yourself? So, <laughs> in other, in, <laughs> um, I'm going full uh, Papa Spro right now. Got that Diet DC. Coke. Yeah. I like it, man. Going full Papa Spro right are now. Are you, so. where are you on the Diet Coke versus Coke Zero? Because I think I've firmly fell into the Coke Zero yeah. realm. I will, I will prefer uh, Coke Zero. Yeah. Um, but if there is Diet Coke to be had, there is Diet Coke to be had. Oh, it's true. So, I mean... 100%. Like, yeah, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. I also have zero clue what the difference is. I know there is a difference. I can taste a difference. I don't know yeah. what it is, but Coke Zero and Diet Coke seem like they should be the same thing, but they're not. But If I remember right, Diet Coke was more like the aspartame kind of flavoring versus mm. I think Diet, I think Coke Zero uses some sort of sodium kind of yeah that it uses sense. that as kind of like to to mix and match it up so yeah makes sense but i do i do prefer a coke zero but i will not turn down a diet coke there we go well so. listeners let us know in the comments of this app what do you prefer <laughs> you guys diet coke we might put a poll up on 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 the twitters and the instagrams dc versus uh, Coke Zero. That would that would be an interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. But Jack, my friend, before we get into things, uh, things to talk about, fun things, interesting things. Why don't mm-hmm. you give us the reformatory cigar of the week? What do you have for us, my friend? Uh, so we are continuing our kind of series in the sense that we are matching up the first letters of cigar companies with the first letters of the month. So we have dubbed January. January is Hoya de Nicaragua month. So what that means primarily is we're, we debut cigars from Hoya de Nicaragua and we give them to you, the people. That's what we do. Trying to give the people what they want. <laughs> um, so this week, so we started off with uh, the silver um, by Hoya de Nicaragua. And uh, that had some accolades to it, and, and no doubt this has some. This cigar of the week has accolades too. I actually smoked this at my brother-in-law's poker party, oh. to which I won about um, over a dozen hands of poker. In look so, at you, All right. getting getting a little getting a little you know a little bit studious. I think I should start I, calling you Blackjack. <laughs> which oh man here's the here's the naming convention yeah Just yeah exactly 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 us. how many nicknames can we get <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly yeah so this is the hoya de nicaragua antonio 1970 churchill okay this is the 2022 number 13 uh cigar of the year by uh cigar aficionado so in its name, uh, so this comes in many different sizes. Um, so there is a um, torpedo or a bellicoso. Uh, there's also a robusto. Those are a little bit down on the scale because of the flavors. You're not going to get the same flavors as you do in a Churchill. And that's for any cigar, to be quite honest. If you have if you have good flavoring in a robusto cigar that you like, try it in a Churchill. Those flavors are going to go like through the roof. Nice. It's just going to be a different cigar and you're going to have probably more flavors in it. Yep. Um, so basically, um, it, it's really just a, a Nick. This is a this is a pure Nicaraguan. Like this is not like the other one where it was just like a mix. Like that silver was like the first outing for 
um, Oya de Nicaragua to go and use different tobaccos from different countries. This is like a pure um, Nicaraguan. Yeah. Like everything, filler, binder, wrapper, everything is Nicaraguan. It's a medium to fuller kind of tasting cigar. Um, really, I mean, it has a lot to do with the owner. So the owner kind of um, tried to make a typical, like, quintessential Nicaraguan cigar. Mm -hmm. And so he tried to pick, like, the best tobaccos in the country to, like, represent, like, Nicaragua and stuff like that. And so it has a lot of, um, I will say it's pretty earthy, um, but it also has this balance out of sweetness as well, too. Um, my, I could be mistaken because I also smoked a, um, an apostate, um, that box press oh, yeah. with, that starts with a Z. That is a very floral cigar. Yeah. Um, so it could have thrown off my taste buds for this one as I smoked this, but, um, I thought this was a delightful cigar. Um, it just has that good balance to me. It has the earthiness, um, which I think Nicaraguans are known for that, but it also has this sweetness aspect to it as well, too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that this is, I mean, it lives up to, um, as far as smoking potential, it's all there. The flavors are all there, everything like that. Um, good smoke output, uh, good burn. Um, it's, the MSRP uh, is around 11 to $13. Oh. So for a Churchill... At eleven bad. to thirteen dollars is pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So, especially if it was number thirteen cigar of the year in two thousand twenty-two. There we which go. Is about two years ago. So, yeah, uh, highly recommend this cigar for you. Um, go check this out. Like I said, it is called the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio nineteen seventy Churchill. Okay, okay. There you go, folks. Well, there we go. Well, Jack, as always, well done, my friend. Bringing nothing but the best to our people. Um, Greatly appreciate it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, and you know what to do, my friends. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about. It's actually a topic that we've covered before, but as all good topics, as all biblical topics, they bear repeating. They bear revisiting if you will. Mm -hmm. And this one has popped up um, a lot recently kind of on uh, the socials. Um, And it's something that I think would be a good conversation to revisit. And that is the, the, uh, the topic of hierarchy within the elder board or within the, uh, the church staff. Right. So basically, um, I would say the vast majority of churches in America today have a structure that's similar to this. You will see uh, on the staff page on, you know, on, on, on the website, um, usually a, and, and, and again, we're going to, we're going to limit this conversation to what I would consider to be biblical new Testament churches. Obviously you're going to go into, you know, uh, some mega church down the road and it's going to be, you know, a husband and wife co-pastor, things like that. Right. I mean, that's, that's all the rage these days. Right. Um, that's not what we're going to be talking about here. We are going to be talking because, because nothing we're going to be talking about here is going to be outside of the scope of orthodoxy, but it is 
but it 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 is within the scope of what we believe best practice to be right so yeah um that is what what we're going to be talking about so anyway just keep that in mind as a as a way of 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 preface um we are going to be talking about orthodox new new testament churches here um but what I was going to say is if you look at the vast majority of biblical churches in America, if you look at their websites, you go onto the staff page, you'll see something to the effect of so-and-so lead pastor or senior pastor, right? And then under that, it's usually associate pastor or executive pastor. And then you go under that and then just kind of, you know, and then, and then after that, it will usually, you might have a youth pastor there, possibly. You might have a worship pastor, things like that. But then you, you begin to see very quickly that there is a, that there is a difference being made, that, 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 that uh, positions are differentiated, dif- differentiated. Not going to try that three times. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, I do. There's a difference, right? Yeah. Between uh, lead pastor, and then you'll have executive pastor, and then sometimes you might that might be the only two you see, and then you just see elders, right? Um, now we have talked before; it was a couple years ago, I think, about the concept of the lead pastor, right? Yeah. Um, and I think this this topic is good to revisit because it's something that I think pops up a lot. And I think it's something again, that I would say in my experience um, is embraced by the majority of biblical churches that are out there. And again, I want to be very careful. I say biblical because I do not at all want to make it sound like we're taking the stance that if your church has a lead pastor or they call themselves lead pastors, right. Or senior pastor that they are somehow unbiblical. That is not, we are not going to take that stance. That is not what, what, what we're trying to say, but what we are trying to say is that just because something might not be unbiblical doesn't mean that it's best practice for the church. Right. Um, and I take the stance, and Jack does as well. We take the stance on this podcast that the the role, or, or I would say, not the role, the title, the title of open quote, you know, close quote, lead pastor or senior pastor, is not a helpful title, and the distinction that is made there actually produces more harm than good. And it's not a title that I would say is supported by scripture. So Jack, I want to throw that, throw that over to you. Uh, Just, I, 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 I know you have thoughts and I, and I want to, I I, I want to, I want to throw it over (laughs) to you and not monopolize the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to go back to the early church and even how the early church reacted to things because people are going to say, Oh, well guys, there was these things called bishops back in the early church and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't th- I think that everything the church does is a reaction to something that it's trying to do. So let me just frame it like this. In the New Testament, I think we have clear definitives in the fact that you need a plurality of elders that you need that structure. Mm-hmm. There is there is no mention of a lead pastor, there's no mention of of a of a first among equals 
uh, I've said this before, and I will say it again here. The first among equals language is from the Roman Senate and how they <laughs> venerated the the Roman emperor. So if anything, it is a very Roman invention for us to take on in the church, which I don't think is a very appropriate way to structure your church. Yeah. Um, and I will na- <laughs> say, too, on that point, because that's a good point. There will be those that try to make the case from Scripture for the first among equals position in looking at the apostles in the early church, to which I quickly rebut. Yeah. Are, they're apostles. They're apostles. <laughs> yeah, simple as that. <laughs> they are apostles. Um, yeah. Uh, in a in a a time, a very specific time, where the local, like the idea of the local church was just beginning, right? So, yeah. Just as we 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 account apostolic gifts to be appropriate for certain times because of you know the the verification of the gospel, the message that they were saying, right? I believe that that position, that first among equals, where you do see a bo- like these apostles having authority over, you know, uh, you know, the churches is was very for a very specific time in a very specific context. Okay, so yeah. That being and, said, and we can yeah. <laughs> we can even see this structure in the epistles themselves, where the uh, the apostle Paul mm-hmm. is calling out the elders plural of Corinth, right. Because of the fact that they're just not leading, Mm -hmm. that they're just not doing things and they're letting things slide, right? Right. And honestly, it doesn't get better in history. You read other different deuterocanonical epistles to the Corinthians, Mm -hmm. and the Corinthians will kick their elders out and then reinstate them back again because the another apostle wrote them a letter and it's like. You you bunch of dummies! Like you need to, you need to be under a plurality of elders. <laughs> you bunch of okay? dummies. <laughs> so stop playing but, with the communion wine, too. Goodness, I know. Seriously, <laughs> um, but you see this like some people will say, well, well, why in the in the church do you have bishops, uh, and how does that come about? Mm-hmm. Well, those are reactionary things to I would say persecution, um, but episcopos and presbyter which are simultaneously two, I would say two interchangeable words Mm -hmm. for how we get the word elder Mm -hmm. where you get Bishop and presbyter or basically elder from, right? If, if you think of the word presbytery, right? Obviously in that kind of polity, Mm -hmm. you think of presbyter, Mm -hmm. but those are two different kind of similar titles. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem that the church does is we focus in on one and we give more power to one Mm -hmm. Because that's just the way that humans work. Well, it really is. We- and like you see that with Israel too, right? Israel yeah. always wanted a king, right? And we as people are naturally wired to want a leader and to follow a leader, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to naturally happen whether, like, if, if you don't set up the safeguards to not let it happen, right? And so... I think that when people say, well, you're you're being you're being rash or you're not being, you know, logical in your deduction of a polity of elders that mm-hmm. has no lead pastor, I would just go back to the history of the early church and just say, no, they had plurality of elders within those bodies. Um, looking at the epistles, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can entertain some ideas to the ways in which that comes about though. So how Paul commissions Timothy, but he still commissions Timothy to make a plurality of elders. Right. 
There is no concept in which Paul tells Timothy he is the lead elder and thus everybody else is subservient to him, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's and and this is this is stuff that we talk about a lot, Josh and I do, about the corruption that's happening in the local church from um consumerism and capitalistic think ways of thinking and structuring leadership. And really, I think honestly, the modern invention of the lead pastor is because we have let this kind of consumerism and business model seek in to where we need some sort of CEO Mm. over our church. Mm -hmm. The same way that the Israelites wanted a king, we in our modern day need a CEO over us somehow, right? Right. And it's just, and and honestly, I think that is pretty ridiculous (laughs) because I, right now in my local church, we do not have a lead pastor. We have a plurality of elders and pastors, pastor elders, and each one of them is doing something out of their gifting, and it does not conflate with or override the fact that they are still working together on this team going forward. Right. Right. And so for people to say you need some sort of lead elder because without that, you don't have any structure, that's just – I feel like that's an anecdote that just doesn't work out because people don't want to take the time to actually – institute a plurality of elders yeah because they have a hard time maybe with their egos yeah, sure, <laughs> sure of of thinking that they are actually better than other elders maybe that's the case maybe it's a it's a case of well that's just the way we've done it so why don't we keep doing it and it's like well how about we be biblical about this yeah and actually like lead out of what scripture has like given us right as polity goes and by no means is this a is this a knock against maybe our more capital r reformed leaning brethren who do have i will say they do have like a plurality of elders but there is a difference between that plurality elders and the reverend of the church sure or the minister of word and sacrament right um there's that certain person that's appointed amongst them but yet again I will say just because certain cultures have venerated ideas about there must be a first among equals, that does not mean that we need to adopt it within the local church by any means. Right. Just because modern culture says we should or history says we should or business says we should. Yeah. You should be looking at the fact that there are appointed men that are working together within that local church to shepherd you well. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do (laughs) with who leads the church. Like you have three, you should have multiple people leading the church in one direction. Right. Um, Right. It shouldn't just be this one guy who needs to be venerated out of the, you know, the few in order to be some sort of CEO or spokesman. Right. I just don't, I, I think that I have, I have some bones to pick with that as well, too, because I think that that model has been abused a lot by churches. Well, it has. Um, yeah. And it, and it just that hasn't it hasn't benefited anybody in the ways of shepherding and transparency goes within the local church and that eldership. Yeah. So. Well, I would actually argue that that so many of the churches actually set 
their pastors up to fail when they put them in that position. Because when you're yeah. put in the position of lead or senior or something like that, right? Even even in the best case scenarios where you know it's merely a title, right? Um, you have to realize, and this is where I think it takes discernment and good shepherding within the local church. You have to realize that even titles have the ability to cause different perceptions in the eyes of the sheep. Right. And those are perceptions that are not going to breed anything healthy or good within the local church. Right. Very often we'll, you'll, you'll see it associated that, you know, the guy, you know, whoever it is on, on the pastoral team, the guy who does the the majority of the preaching or the lion chair of the preaching, then, you know, he's going to be the one that we call the lead pastor. And then we'll call the other people elders. Right. So even there, you're making a distinction between pastors and elders. And a lot of people do based on who's paid and who's not. And they, they I think it's a I think it's a misapplication and a misinterpretation of the, you know, elders who, uh, you know, uh, uh, who is. Uh, basically who preach are deserving of double honor, which means that they're, they, they should be supported financially if they are doing the line share of the preaching, right? It's a misinterpretation mm-hmm. of that verse in that that verse is somehow making a distinction between the types of elders on the team. It's not, uh, it's, it, that's not the point or the correct interpretation of the verse. Elders and pastors are two names for the same position that should be used synonymously interchangeably. And we use them interchangeably at our church. Right. Um, So that's really important to understand. And, and we need to, I think with that understanding, be very careful with how we set up our elder teams, because people are going to naturally flock to who they believe to be, the leader of the team, right? And if you're already, even in your titles, playing into that natural inclination that people are going to have, it becomes very difficult to shepherd in the way that you should, right? Now, if you are on the elder team, right, and you have a plurality of elders on, on your team, which you should, God has equipped has equipped them all differently to serve the church in different ways. Some he's equipped with you know the, the ability to preach. Some he's equipped more for teaching. Right? We do make the distinction here on this podcast. We've, we've talked about that before. We'll, uh, we'll talk about this later. We on will. Too. This is actually going to be a future ep, uh, uh, yeah. and it's going to be a good ep. Um, yep. Um, uh, and some, you know, some are better in the counseling room. Some are better in the small group, right? But all of them are united in their ability to lead the church, right? That they they meet those qualifications. Now those now that ability to teach, right, which is what's the what is mandated for an elder. That's going to manifest itself differently depending on the giftings that the God that 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 God has given those elders, right? Yeah. But people are going to naturally flock to the one that they see the most, which can tend to be the primary preaching guy, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a natural thing. Now, I maintain that that should be something that is pushed against by the yeah. elder team, yeah. not something that they just reluctantly accept. And this was actually conversations that we had at at, at Redeemer 
uh, when you know so we brought some new elders on, right? Me being one of them is we really want to emphasize the plurality of this mm-hmm. elder team to our people. And just because yep. one guy might be in front more than the others, it does not mean that he is the go-to guy or somehow he is the first among equals or he is the lead guy. That's something that we very intentionally and still continue to very intentionally push against because we don't believe that that separation should be there, right? Now, again, you're already going to have differences uh, in in the types of shepherding that the elders are able to do fully vocational elders are going to be able to shepherd with, uh, you know, a, a greater capacity than lay elders. Right. Uh, that's just, that's just how it works. Right. But they don't at all have, uh, you know, they, they don't have a difference in authority. Right. And that's often yeah. what you see in the lead pastor is that they, they will say we all have equal authority, but the vision or the direction that the lead pastor sets is the thing that the other elders should support because God has equipped this lead pastor with, you know, the, you know, they'll use different terms like vision casting or, you know, setting the vision or <laughs> set, you know, you know, he's gifted in setting the direction of the church. Right. And God very well may have as much as I hate the term vision casting. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, yeah. I gag every time I hear somebody oh, use geez. it in earnest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, God has equipped some pastors with that, the ability to kind of look ahead see, see where we're going and set a good track to get there. Right. But that does not mean that that person should be even in title set above any of the other elders because of the potential danger that comes with that. Right. Yeah. So you're 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 never going to have problems. Well, I want I want to be careful. I say that you're 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 not going to have any problems with not making a difference. Right. But you could. And we've seen it happen, have problems when you do make a difference, even in title between the different people on the elder board. And I just maintain that it's not worth the risk and all of the arguments for having a lead guy, having kind of one guy that, that kind of sets the tone, all the arguments for that. I don't see those arguments as being worth the risk. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just go back to how much this conversation hinges on our modern day. Mm. It just hinges so much on the fact that we 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 put these attributes of vision casting, of looking forward, of leaning forward into some sort of category of CEO-ish, uh, apostle-ish-ish-tick kind of yeah. like um category Mm -hmm. and somehow that means that this person is the lead pastor right and i just don't at that point you really kind of have to say like are are we (laughs) are we like uh are we turning into pentecostals Mm -hmm. like what are we doing here people like um are we doing that are we are we kind of going more 
of a congregationalist route in which, and you can have different modes of congregationalism to be quite honest. Sure. Um, it doesn't mean that everybody, I think, I think some congregations uh, will have a way in which everybody does have a voice and you need to make that voice known um, to ensure, you know, you're going in the right direction. So there's stuff along those lines where I think that a lot of our modern culture and how we view business has sept over, you know, is seeped over into the local church so much that that we think that for some reason, if we don't have a lead elder or a lead pastor in some capacity doing the majority lion's share of the work, Mm -hmm. that this thing is just going to sink. Right. And I think that that is an anecdote that just needs to be put to bed. Sure. It just needs to die out. Yeah. Cause it's, cause right now I see local churches that function in a plurality of eldership. And that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Like those churches are not hurting by no means. It's, I think if anything, it helps strengthen your elder team mm-hmm. to utilize their giftings better in the way in which they can support the local church versus one guy is basically like the go-to guy and whatever he says goes. Right. And he starts to become a dictator. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. We've seen way too many stories. Josh and I have way too many case studies about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just from Washington state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true, man. It really is. You know? So yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I honestly think that we need to get away from this idea that culture tells us that these attributes equal this um, case in point. This is a stupid kind of segue, but like on Twitter, you had that Joker going on there saying, well, if this guy dresses in scarves and sweaters, oh, yeah, <laughs> this isn't masculinity. It's like, are you a flipping dummy, dude? Like how in the heck? Like that that's a prime example of how people think in our modern day. If you wear X and X, Y, and Z, or if you do X, Y, and Z, you're thus this. Mm. And if you're thus this, then you're thrown into that category and that's it. And it's just like, when did we become like so polarizing in our thought process? Mm. But but yet again, that's just how our culture is, to be quite honest. It's it's either Coke or Pepsi. It's either, Coke. Uh, Coke. I mean, Coke. yeah, Coke. it's either you're either a Republican or a Democrat. You can't sway mm. out of these like two right. very kind of partisan ways of thinking. Right. And I think honestly, like people can't get over this whole not going from a lead pastor because they're so partisan in that way of thinking. Yeah. And well, and honestly, it's just how it's always been done. Th- yeah. That's been the go to you know? for what? I would say like 50 to 60 oh, years, maybe probably way more, more than that. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's pre- I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't even think it's, I don't even think, you know, I'm sure if we looked into the history of it, it's probably not even a, it's probably not even a strictly American thing. Right. But mm. it's based off a model that I think we see a lot in America that just enforces it. And that yeah. you, like, like you said, it's the CEO model. Right. And look, here's the thing. It works in business. That's, you know, it's, 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 I think it's important to understand in the business world that works, you do need that. 
right? The most successful businesses that are out there, I'm thinking the big ones, right? Microsoft, uh, you know, Apple, right? Amazon, they had one guy, one guy that knew what he wanted, didn't yep. take any crap from anybody, probably ran over so many people with the bus to get to where he wants. And it's billions oh, yeah. and billions and millions of dollars, right? So it it works in business. And like, that's, that's how that's, like it's 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 verifiable you see that mm-hmm. but we have to be so careful not to take our 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 pointers as the local church from the business world yeah because that's not it's not transferable and if you try yeah. to transfer it that's when people start to get hurt right yeah you cannot you cannot utilize it's not a one for one transfer it's not no um, no what Josh said is true if if you run over people in a in a bus in business, you're looked at as a go getter. Oh yeah, somebody gets stuff done. Yeah. If you do that in the local church, you're spiritually abusing people. Well, like, 100%, let's be honest about 100%, 100%, 100%. that. Hundred percent. I was talking to <laughs> some guy. What, what was he saying? He was like, he was telling a story. I don't know if it was him or or if it was a buddy of his. Like his his buddy got hired on as a as a manager, right, and was tasked with with basically revitalizing an extremely underdeveloped you know section of the business right so what his buddy said he did is he went in there he evaluated everything and he fired pretty much everybody <laughs> like he started from scratch and then things picked up guess what it worked <laughs> Guess what? You can't do that in church. You can't fire. <laughs> That's can't not, fire how it works, right? That's not how it works. Right? It works in business, right? But it does not work in church. You can't just go in and and clean house without any, you know, uh, without any uh, any thought to shepherding, right, or things like that. So yeah, that we see the breakdowns very easy if we just take the time to look at them, and I contend. That the whole first among equals lead pastor senior pastor is very much uh, has very much based on the CEO business model that again works in business, but has so much potential for damage in the local church. Even even just yeah. just having the difference of the title. I'm not saying that if if you're pastor, right? Again, I want to I, I want to be very clear here. If you're listening to this and your church as a lead pastor or a senior pastor. I'm not saying that they are a ticking time bomb. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that that church now has to, I think, work extra hard to make sure that the people aren't all just gravitating toward one guy. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard. It makes shepherding more difficult, even though yes. some will say it doesn't. I, I don't believe them <laughs> because I've experienced yeah. both. Um, so, Again, there's there's a lot more that could be said there. We are not at all saying that if you have a lead pastor or a senior pastor that you're in a bad church or you could, should consider moving churches. We're not at all saying that. We just think it's a valuable discussion. We think it's a valuable discussion because of the times that we're in, because of the culture that we're in, and we are a people that should be constantly reforming constantly looking to see how we can become closer to what scripture says, right? And that's honestly the heart of this conversation is how can we best shepherd our people? How can we best love them and care for them and lead them the way scripture tells us to? And anything that might be inhibiting that or even perhaps has the potential to inhibit that, it's worth having a 
a a discussion about. And yeah, that's that's basically what this is. But Jack, there's so much more that we could talk about. But Big Eva has sung. We ha- we Eva have to get to some Patreon sang. apps because our patrons have waited very patiently through our tech issues that uh, <laughs> seem to be resolved now for the time being. <laughs> so we have to go give our patrons some love. And uh, I got an Amazon package that I'm very excited oh, about that I'm going to open up on uh, the Patreon because I'm going full nerd. I went full nerd. Oh, boy. Big nerd. Uh, but uh, if you want to hear that, you're going to have to head on over to Patreon for five dollars a month just saying jack why don't you get us out of here my friend ladies and gentlemen boys and girls if you appreciate josh and i's concern and care for the local church and how it's structured in its polity you can follow us some more on the different sociable platforms if you will Mm -hmm. uh i was notified today that it is my 11th anniversary on the sociable formerly known as twitter oh uh, x look at you 11th anniversary i am a preteen of x that sounds absolutely like your voice uh, mate, uh, a charge starting to crack like know, you're just having right? you're just you know getting a little hair on the upper lip just a little <laughs> bit but you still play with legos so you know, uh, you know yeah, not, this is not true. quite there. this yeah. i still play with legos on occasion as well too oh, yeah, so legos nothing are... really changes um so you can follow us on uh dif- different sociable platforms to ask us questions give us ideas for uh different episode ideas or if you want to dm us about any endeavors uh, that Josh and I do or hobbies or anything along those lines, let us know on the Facebook, the metaverse, if you will, the Instagram goes well with chocolate marshmallow or the sociable formerly known as Twitter X. Uh, you can find us all at the tag at reformatory pod at those different sociable platforms. Josh, like you said, you can tell the lovely people how they might give us some kashishe over to uh, the cause. That's right. That's right. If uh, you would like to support the Reformatory and get some pretty cool stuff along the way, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can... Well, there's actually one way you can do that. There's other ways you can support, but if you want stuff, like if you want stuff, there's one way, and that is (laughs) Patreon. We have a Patreon for $5 a month. Very cheap. It's like one latte a month. Uh, You could become part of the exclusive club, the Podluck, as we call it. You have an exclusive invite, exclusive rights to the very exclusive club. How many times can I say exclusive? exclusive. Just one more time. It's exclusive. Right? Exclusive. Uh, and for $5 a month, you could get uh, bonus episodes. Right? We have a reformatory chat. It's pretty cool. You get our main episodes early. And if you choose to do that for $5 a month, you too become a patron supporter. And our pledge to you is that your name shall be Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed. In the halls of this podcast, this is our pledge to you. We have YouTube. You can head on over there. Give us a little like, follow, subscribe, ring the little bell for notifications. If you listen on Apple or uh, Spotify, give us a little rating, maybe a little review. We really appreciate that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Send us questions for future mailbags. We would like that as well. Well, we thank you all for listening, my friends, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.